Tate Chronicles now transmitting. Welcome to the Tate Chronicles on Healthcare Now Radio. And now, here's your host, Jim Tate. Good day, citizens of the free world, from border to border, coast to coast, and to all the ships at sea, I bring you a warm welcome. This is your correspondent, Jim Tate, and thank you for tuning in today to the Tate Chronicles. Join me as we cut through the fog that exists at the leading edge of healthcare technology and delivery. I'm very pleased today. My guest is Dr. Will O'Connor, Chief Medical Information Officer at Tiger Connect. He has a very wide uh, background that includes healthcare operations, strategic planning, and orthopedic surgery. So we kind of cover the waterfront with those things. Tiger Connect offers a full suite of collaboration products and services to accelerate care delivery. Dr. O'Connor, welcome to the Tate Chronicles. Thanks for having me, Jim. The first topic I'd like to uh, kind of discuss with you is an issue that's very much in the news. And that's what's going on in emergency departments in terms of overcrowding and wait times. When things are working efficiently, uh, I guess the process, patients are either treated and released or they're admitted. But there are lots of potential gaps in that process. So let's kind of talk uh, at first about some of the potential gaps and what's causing this overcrowding wait times. And so my first question is, why is this so much of an issue now? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Jim. I and I think that it's an issue now, um, particularly over the last few months, because of the increase um, in in COVID and and flu and other respiratory viruses that have caused many emergency departments in many areas to be overwhelmed with with patients. And many of these patients are pretty sick. Uh, they're still getting their normal volume of patients that they would from other conditions. And once they arrive in the emergency department and you go to treat a patient, there's a lot of coordination that needs to happen around those patients, particularly if they are um, sick or injured in a way that's going to require multiple physicians or uh, consults to treat that patient. Because the process for getting in touch with consults and finding the right person can often be very difficult, and it leads to delays in care. And when you have delays caused by inefficient communication, both with trying to get in touch with consults, as I was talking about, but then also trying trying to disposition patients out of the emergency department, perhaps admit them uh, up to the floor, that also requires a lot of communication. And because of the inefficiency in healthcare communication in lots of places, you see this cascading effect where people are stacking up in the emergency departments. Mm -hmm. They can't move people through the system fast enough. And you're seeing left without being seen rates that I've never seen in my lifetime. And I talked to colleagues uh, various times in the last several months and uh, on a on a any given day, they may have half the patients walk out of the emergency department who are never able to get wow. seen, and yeah. that is a, a huge number that I I haven't seen in my lifetime. Let me take a step or two back and ask you maybe a foundational question. I wonder if um, we have a different demographic going to the emergency departments now. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe ten or fifteen years ago, uh, if somebody had 
uh, influenza, they might go to their primary care physician. But are those a lot of those folks can't get access to timely primary care, and so they just go to the emergency department? Is there a different demographic flooding in here? You know, I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily a different demographic, but mm-hmm. you hit the nail on the head in terms of lack of primary care availability and people being forced to use the emergency department for their primary care treatment. And that's not only extremely expensive and inefficient, but it also results in bad patient care because you're usually waiting until you're really sick and you haven't done the preventative things that you should have been doing as a patient had you had the proper primary care. So yeah, we're seeing that as a big driver as well, you know, and I just know, um, you know, anecdotally, um, even with the primary care physicians in my area, five years ago, um, I I could get a same day appointment uh, for Mm -hmm. me or a member of my family pretty easily. And now um, it's completely different. Um, People are booking weeks and weeks and weeks out. And it's it's very difficult um, in any demographic to get primary care right now, depending on the area you're in. There's a big shortage, and uh, you're absolutely right. It is it is contributing to the overcrowding we're seeing in emergency departments. So uh, yeah, there's these uh, uh, to use the word uh, foundational factors that come into the what's going on now. Emergency departments, just from a financial standpoint, for hospitals. Uh, you know, I know some aspects of, of a hospital, uh, uh, certain types of surgery are uh, really uh, positive uh, call centers for a hospital. Are, are emergency departments, are they very difficult to put into the financial equation for um, for hospitals? Do you have any idea about that? It's a, it's a question that I think um, mm-hmm. is a good one. And a lot of it depends on your patient mix and the payer mix in the area where you are. And there's many hospitals that uh, get a large percentage of their inpatients that come from the emergency department. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you hospitals will all know and they report on uh, performance across specific DRGs, um, across specific payers. And they know the patients that they make money on and the disease conditions that they make money on. And they also know the disease conditions and the patients that they lose money on. And the best way to impact all of that is to try to be as efficient with care as you possibly can and move people Mm -hmm. through your system as fast as you can so that it lowers length of stay and it lowers your costs and then your margins are different. Whereas, a, you know, if your length of stay is six days for a specific DRG, you might lose money on it. But if you can get it down to four and a half, you yes. might make money on it. And that sure. all starts with the emergency department and getting people um, move through there quickly. And if it does need to be an inpatient admission, getting them up to the floor quick quickly, getting them to the OR quickly, whatever the case may be, and getting them treated quickly. And what you're talking really there is best practices. uh, uh, And um, it's one thing to identify these best practices. Uh, Some hospitals have uh, difficulty, even if they know the best practices, uh, practices in in, in achieving them. Now, one thing 
you, you kind of touched on a little bit is staffing shortages. How much is this contributing to the problem in EDs? Quite a bit. And you're seeing, you know, staffing shortages in in many areas, um, you know, not only in the emergency department, but up on the floors as well. And, you know, as we talked about a little bit earlier, if there's inefficiency happening on the patient floor and you can't get people discharged in a timely fashion, there's no beds available mm-hmm. to send people from the emergency department. So then their p- patients are stacking up in the emergency department. You know, the other thing that we're seeing um, is a lot of um, temp labor and a lot of contract labor in, in nursing. And a lot of times for a new nurse, if you're working in a new hospital, it's hard for that nurse to be as efficient as a nurse that maybe worked there for five years, right? Correct. They know the people, they know the process. So that's the other thing that is slowing us down. It's not just the shortage, but it's a lot of nurses that are traveling around whom are excellent, but if they're yes. new to a facility, it's harder for them well, to execute a- patient care as fast. A- absolutely. If they don't know the charting system, if they don't know the IV pumps, that just right. take, takes time and experience. Um, and I, I know we're kind of focused right now on what the challenges are in um, uh, wait times and and, um, uh, and um, overcrowded emergency departments. So we'll get to some solutions uh, in just a minute. But uh, it seems like we've identified such things as um, uh, staffing shortages, uh, of course, the pandemics, uh, these, uh, you know, flu. Uh, we got three pandemics kind of going on right now, uh, mm-hmm. waiting for specialists on call. You know, this, you know, if you need a orthopedist to come down, you have to find out who's on call, contact them. Uh, communicate with him. So a, a number of things uh, that are kind of uh, kind of a, a perfect storm, I guess. Sure. As well as not enough primary care. That certainly yeah. uh, feeds into it. So uh, let's talk about solutions. But before I do that, let me just say to our audience, if you are just joining us, I'm Jim Tate. And on this episode of the Tate Chronicles, I'm speaking with Dr. Will O'Connor, Chief Medical Information Officer at Tiger Connect. So, uh, Dr. Connor, let's talk about some solutions. Um, I know Tiger Connect has a clinical collaboration uh, uh, platform. Mm-hmm. T- tell me what that does. Yeah, it it really is designed to alleviate a lot of the problems that we are talking about. And what we do is it is a communication system that we layer across um, a health system and include in that everyone that is involved either directly or indirectly with patient care. And it is persona-based and it is scheduling-based, meaning that I'm not just Will O'Connor, but I am also the orthopedic surgeon on call today. And what that does is it gives context to the question that gets asked a thousand times a day, who is covering, who is covering for orthopedic, who's covering for cardiology, who's covering for, for hundreds of roles across the hospital. And what we do is we build that platform into a health system such that it is very, very easy to find who is covering and who you're looking for. And then we adapt that to very specific healthcare 
workflows that happen dozens of times a day. And we make those workflows faster and we connect those teams in a way that makes them much, much faster. Um, I'll give you uh, I'll give you a perfect example. Great. So when a patient shows up at the emergency department and they're having a stroke, mm-hmm. time is is tissue, right? In this case, time is brain. The faster you can treat that stroke, um, and it, if it is an ischemic stroke, meaning there's a blockage there, the quicker you can uh, remove that blockage and restore blood flow, you will... Re- have a better chance of restoring brain function. When you're having a stroke, you're losing a couple million neurons a minute, right? It's a, it's a, it's a lot. So time is brain. And, you know, about average in the United States, if a person shows up with a stroke at an emergency department, about the average time uh, until they get that uh, treatment, it's a drug called TPA, um, mm-hmm. to, to break the clot is about an hour. It's about 60 minutes. By the time you get the person in, you do the coordination, um, you scan them, someone reads the scan, you order the drug, you get the IV in, right? It's a lot of people involved. It could be eight, nine, 10, 12 people involved by the time you include transport and pharmacy and other folks. Coordination across those people is, is, is very difficult without a system like Tiger Connect. So when we put that system in, and again, all those people have roles. It's persona-based. So I know who the stroke nurse is. I know who the attending physician is. I know who the radiologist is. I know who the transporter is. And it's all based on their schedule. We adapt to that workflow and we install it. And our typical hospital where we install this, the door to needle time, instead of being 60 minutes, is cut in less than half, 28, mm. 29, 30 minutes, wow. which mm-hmm. has a massive impact sure. on patient care outcomes and the the uh, the data also say that if you can treat a stroke and get the patient treated in less than 30 minutes, their length of stay will be about a day and a half shorter than if you didn't. Mm. So stroke is a DRG, which a lot of hospitals don't make money on, but the ones that can do it this way and can move the patients through quickly and get them home quickly, their margins are better and they can. So not only is it a much better result for the for the patient and a much, much better outcome, but it's a better financial outcome for the hospital as, as well. And that is uh, is what we do. And we do that across not just stroke, obviously, but multiple workflows that happen, not just in the emergency department, but all over the health system. Well, um, and so... Um... You know, uh, that is a, a perfect example, kind of a corollary to that is if you have uh, a bunch of folks who are overloading the system because they're in for uh, influenza, if you can move them through so there's there's not a kind of pain point of, of backup, then you can move those uh, truly uh, 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 emergency type patients uh, to the care they need. That's exactly, being in the that's, way. Um, that's exactly right. Uh, well, uh, so so uh, just from a technical standpoint, is this uh, the way the communication works? Is it an app that's running on smartphones? How's everybody connected? Yeah, it's an app that runs on smartphones. We run mm-hmm. it on uh, Apple, you know, iOS. We can run it on Android. We run it on desktop. And um, the nice thing, too, about Tiger Connect is because we want to include everyone we also have the ability to communicate with folks that don't have the app so we can include them mm-hmm. um, as as well so 
we really try to include everyone we can and build something we call network effect because the more people you have connected, the more valuable the system is to the people that are connected to it and the faster and more efficient care you you can deliver because of that. You can often uh, hold somebody in the emergency department because a bed may not be ready upstairs. So uh, can that be part of the functionality, knowing when somebody can be moved out of the emergency department and actually admitted? Yeah, that's exactly part of the functionality. So we have a very specific workflow called ED to inpatient. Mm -hmm. Exactly what you're describing is we include all the people in that workflow, the charge nurse in the emergency department, the charge nurse on the floor, the nurse sending the patient, the nurse receiving the patient. And at some points in the workflow, the people in bed control, other administrators Mm -hmm. that need to move the patient. So that's why we're able to do it so much faster. When you try to have all those people that I just mentioned there, maybe five or six of them connect voice to voice without technology like this, it forces a synchronous experience in people that are really busy that can't pick up the phone. Correct. So that's exactly what we do is we get those people together in a way that they can communicate asynchronously. They're also easy to find. So it's much easier to move patients from the emergency department up to up to the floor. Is Tiger Connect uh, primarily focused on uh, providing services and products to uh, emergency departments? No, we we supply the entire health system. So we know that the often the front door of the health system is the emergency department. So mm-hmm. we have some very specific functionality and workflow that we supply there. But that's just the start. Um, we are used in every department all over the hospital and really all over the health system, uh, both inside the four walls of the hospital and out in the community. We connect into long-term acute care and, and rehab. Uh, and we also have a um, patient functionality where we connect patients and their families as as well. So we we really connect to the entire community of, of healthcare, both inside and outside the hospital. And... Uh, um... You use the term layered, so it's totally agnostic to what EHR charting system is or any of that kind of stuff at all, sounds like. Completely. Yes, we integrate with with all the EMRs that are out there and um, grab data from them um, Mm -hmm. that is important to the specific communication workflow that's going on at the time. But yeah, we integrate with all of them. uh, l- let me turn t- to another topic, kind of uh, somewhat related to this. And that's the question of uh, nurse and, I guess, provider burnout. Um, you didn't hear that term much 20 or 30 years ago, but we hear it more and more now. Why is that? What's behind it? You know, I, I think there's a lot to it. I think that we've shifted a, a lot of burden mm-hmm. to them especially in terms of the the EMR documentation, you know, pre EMR was, was much easier on physicians and nurses. It wasn't as efficient or it wasn't as connected, but it was easier. It didn't shake up, you know, for, for every hour I'm spending in patient care today, I'm spending an hour in the EMR, right? It's just, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's been a big shift and it's, it's not easy to use and it's a very large burden. Um, and then when you yeah. combine that with with everything that's going on in healthcare in terms of um, overcrowding, you know, we're asking people to do more with, with less. We're putting nurses under tremendous stress. We're putting physicians under tremendous stress. 
Um, the suicide rate uh, for physicians has has never been uh, higher. Um, we're losing more than a physician a day. Um, we are we are really coming into a crisis here. So, you know, at Tiger Connect, can we fix that problem? Um, no, mm -hmm. we can't fix it, but we certainly can help. We certainly can alleviate yes. some of the cognitive burden that happens. And if and if I can save a nurse two, three, four, ten minutes every time they need to try to find someone and get in touch with someone so they can get help or care for their patient, we're doing a really good thing. And, and that's what we're really focused on is giving something to providers, nurses, physicians, APPs, you mm -hmm. know, other caregivers that makes their job easier to do and alleviates some of that burden. So maybe we can save um, some folks from burnout and, and make their job a little less stressful. If our listeners want to contact uh, Tiger Connect or, or you to find out more information about services and products and, and resources, what's the best way for them to get in contact? Yeah, easiest way is to just go to our website, tigerconnect.com. And there they will find, you know, information related to everything we've been speaking about. You know, and, um, I spent some time at TigerConnect.com yesterday. And I have to tell you, there's some really very informative recorded webinars and podcasts there. There's a lot of good educational materials. I, I learned quite a bit about this as I was doing a little research for this interview. So I certainly recommend people uh, 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 checking that out, um, some good data. Um, kind of one uh, final thing I'd like to ask you before we totally run out of time here, Dr. O'Connor, um, is, um, you know, the importance of the uh, care team. Um, I worked at a hospital many years ago, and it was such a team approach. And uh, there was not a lot of technology, so we only had one way to communicate primarily, uh, and that was face-to-face -face or voice-to-voice. Uh, and uh, over the over the years, that has that kind of analog communication has kind of not been properly supplanted by uh, uh, technology. And, and it sounds like the your collaboration tool, you know, is, is the type of thing that we we have to have moving forward. Uh, so folks are not having to wonder if a call they're made to a specialist is actually getting to the specialist. If it's been received, they need to keep that in their mind. They need to keep checking to see if a bed uh, is ready yet, those kind of things. So just uh, allowing things to be done kind of one time as opposed to not quite sure if uh, messages have gone through. So uh, any last words from, yeah. from your side before we, we say goodbye? No, Jen, I think your last point is really good one. We could talk about this all day, but, you know, enabling that care team is exactly what we do and yeah. connecting them in a way that allows them to deliver care uh, more efficiently, more safely um, is is really how we we think about the system, how we install it and how we tune it to those healthcare workflows. So, yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, something we're going to continue to focus on and and try to continue to, uh, you know, to make to make better so that we can allow, you know, the the nurses and doctors out there doing all this good work um, to, to do as a good a job as they possibly can do. It's a complex uh, situation and a challenge that really has been building uh, for, for years and kind of seems like we're at, at a point where 
substantial modifications of uh, communication process really need to occur. And uh, we appreciate the work that you're doing on that. To our audience, thanks for joining me on this episode of the Take Chronicles. And I offer a special salute to my guest today, Dr. Will O'Connor, Chief Medical Information Officer at Tiger Connect. Dr. O'Connor, thanks for coming aboard today. Thanks for having me, Jim. You can find more information on this show's program page at healthcarenowradio.com. Until we meet again, here's wishing you smooth sailing and safe harbors. Tate Chronicles transmission ending now.